Hello and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Teach and Coach GA Podcast. Hope you're having a great week and uh, I'm sure you enjoyed last week's episode with Bo Bryson. If you missed it, be sure to go back and check that episode out. Bo is awesome. Really enjoyed uh, sitting down and, uh, and chatting to him about all he is doing and sort of his background and past and education as well, which is really, really fascinating. This week, I have joining me Travis Moore. Travis and I uh, taught uh, together at the same school and coached together as well. We coached the 7th and 8th grade boys basketball teams at our uh, school that he's still at, uh, although he has now uh, given up the basketball side of things and is just focused on his classroom. But Travis is an awesome man, awesome dude, and uh, really just a, a, a teacher that has a heart for kids. And uh, I don't think there's anything better you can say about a, a teacher than that. Travis has a lot to share as he looks to uh, tackle this, this school year and help as many kids as he can as they, they transition back into the classroom uh, with many of them uh, coming back for the first time uh, here in over a year and a half as he started the school year. So if you are uh, in that same situation with lots of kids flooding back into your classroom that maybe haven't been there in a while, then uh, I think this this interview and this, this podcast is going to be a great episode for you as Travis sort of shares his game plan on how to tackle that situation. Before we jump into this episode, I do want to thank our sponsor once again, s'more.com. If you haven't already checked out S'more, be sure to do so. Uh, they have a great sale that's getting ready to come up that uh, you guys are getting a heads up on. So keep an eye out for that over there at s'more.com where you can make newsletters that, uh, that your, your parents and stakeholders are actually going to read because they're visually engaging, they look awesome, and they're really easy to put together. I've been a big user of S'more for a long time. And uh, actually, if you go to teachingcoachga.com, you can find some articles I've written previously about my use of s'more.com and those newsletters. Uh, they are awesome, and you're going to get great feedback from your uh, your stakeholders when you start sending those out. So check out s'more if you haven't already, and uh, start keeping them those parents up to date with what's going on in your classroom. And without any further ado, let's jump into our interview with Travis Moore. All right, welcome Travis Moore to the Teaching Coach GA podcast. Excited to sit down uh, with Travis he and I uh, taught at the same school for uh, for several years, coached basketball together uh, for several years. So he got to see the best and the worst of me. So if you if you want any bad stories of of uh, of my teaching career, he definitely would be one that would uh, or coaching career. He'd definitely be one that would would have those. But uh, but Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, excited to be here. Um, got a lot of stories, but they're all good. They're all fun. So. Daniel is downplaying a little bit. I saw him win the uh, eighth grade championship and uh, he was jumping around just like he was one of the kids uh, taking that trophy home back to school. So <laughs> he he was a lot of fun to be around. I'm excited to be here and hopefully it's useful and somebody learned something from something we say. <laughs> It'll definitely be more from you. They're going to learn them from me. But uh, but I'm interested in, in your background, Travis, because all the time we spent together teaching and coaching, um, you know, we both taught seventh grade social studies. I think you taught eighth grade at one time. I don't think you ever did sixth grade. I could be wrong. But just interested in your background. Of, you know, I, I never have talked to you about how you got into education or why you got into education and uh, sort of what you're yeah, doing now. So- it's not really one of those stories where I was a little kid playing 
schoolhouse in the garage growing up. I never thought I'd be, ever thought I'd be a teacher. I really didn't lend much thought to what I'd be other than a professional athlete, like most kids thought. And well, I went to college and they say, go to college, figure out what you want to do with your life. And that's all great, but it also costs money. So I kind of took a little bit longer than I should have because I honestly truly didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was at LaGrange College on a basketball scholarship and they had a what was called a Jan term class. And they let you pick sort of it's like an elective kind of and you would take it for the month of January. And I took one and it was on education. And that was my first experience with kids and in that setting. And I really enjoyed it and thought this could be something that I might do down the line. So started to take more classes and that's when I changed my focus and moved away from anything else. Cause originally it was just take business courses or management courses. And I started to take that track towards education and the more experience I got in the classroom, just being around teachers and seeing the way things went, that's when I started to grow that passion for doing what they did. And ultimately, it led me to becoming a teacher. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, it's interesting that sort of that college, the college thing is what focused you there. I think most people, like you said, sort of go into college thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to be an educator, right? So that's sort of the path they take from the beginning. It's sort of interesting. You were on the business side and then you had just a little dabble in education and uh, it sort of pulled you in. That, uh, that's awesome. It, it's definitely one of those things that once you get around kids and teachers uh, and that, that energy that, that the, those kids provide in the classroom it, uh, and the fulfillment you get from being in there with them, it, uh, it is definitely one of those things that will right, suck exactly. you exactly. And that's pretty much what happened. I I had been on the business side because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And the basketball coaches kind of push you and they say, well, just go to business. You can take those courses and then decide later. So that's kind of how I ended up on that track at first. And then, like you said, it's just the you're getting a different type of result than you are if you're in the business world or the finance world. There's no you're not pouring into a company or investing in something other than people, you know, children. So, and they, you can see that payoff, which is why you do it. And Mm -hmm. it's exciting. It's fast paced. It's nonstop and it's fun. (laughs) So what, what are you doing now at the school you're at? What are you, what are you teaching now? Sort of what are you, what are you involved with at your current school? school? I'm still at, middle school, seventh grade, social studies. So still doing that. Love that. It's been great. I've been doing that. This is my, I want to say seventh year doing it now, going into it of seventh grade social studies. And I enjoy it. I think it's a great, it's great content. It's great subject matter. The kids get really involved in the discussions and things like that, of what's going on in the, in the world today. And uh, aside from that, I'm also, we have uh, the STEM Discovery Ed program 
and I'm a, I'm gonna say this wrong, but essentially a pioneer for that. That's the short version of what nice. it is that they've entitled it, and that's been that's been pretty good, especially from a, from the standpoint of just looking at leadership in terms of sharing things to large groups where we'll have meetings with grade level meetings and I'll do a presentation or something like that on content that we have learned. So that's been, that's been new and that's been, it's been pretty good. It's been challenging at times, especially with COVID trying to keep that going, but it's been good. And is that something? So I remember when I was there with you, uh, the Braves did some stuff with STEM and you go to the park and they, they'd uh, give you sort of a rundown of how you could incorporate it in your classrooms at a similar kind of, kind of thing that you're doing? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that. It's essentially discovery education has a program where they'll send out teachers to kind of lead us in how we use it and what all is available because it's a whole Mm -hmm. platform. So it has all these different things once you have the licenses. And, and so our district has that for the students so they can access all this discovery ed information and all the, these tools. And so they kind of help us to navigate the tools, show us the newest stuff, what's effective in what situation. And one of the cool things about the discovery ed is that it's always updating and they're always adding things to try and keep pace a lot like Nearpod, you know, so they're, they're getting feedback and changing it. It's a three-year program that I'm in. So this is going into my third year of trainings, uh, five trainings a year, and then 10 coaching sessions where, um, the, the liaison will come and watch you teach and give feedback and see how you can integrate discovery education. So it's, it's a little more in depth than what the brave STEM was. It's a similar idea in the, the idea of adding STEM culture, but the Braves was more qualifications doing these to get this sort of check mark so that you have kind of followed through all the steps that ultimately le- led to our students getting to go meet Fulty at the before one of the Braves games and go on the field and everything like that. Very cool. Yeah. I like, uh, you dropped the, uh, the Nearpod name. I'm using subliminal messaging uh, as I'm recording with Travis wearing a Nearpod shirt. So he would unknowingly drop the Nearpod, uh, Nearpod name as we were recording. So boom, it worked perfectly, but (laughs) all right. So Travis, let's, let's jump into a little bit of something that's been on my brain as kids are getting ready to to come back and start this school year. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talked last year with, you know, saying, oh, you know, last year was such a difficult year for students. And it was, I don't question that at all. It was, it was definitely a tough year for kids and for parents. I think some of that gets left out sometimes when we think about this for, you know, for parents trying to balance both as well. But as we get ready to start the school year, most students are going to be coming back to classrooms uh, for the first time in a year. Uh, any thoughts on sort of what, what you're planning on doing or what maybe teachers could look to do as they, as they welcome these kids back to their classroom to make this sort of a smooth transition back to, uh, to sort of, I guess, maybe I'm, I'm using air quotes that people can't see, but normal education. Right. That's a lot. And 
first off, yes, last year was a huge challenge for everyone. And it was new, I think, for a lot of people and trying to figure it out. And for students, there was almost that element of, well, they don't know what's going on. They don't know day to day. So we don't need to stress as much about getting content. And teachers weren't as, they weren't, it wasn't the priority, I guess I should say, of the school systems to get all the kids content like they would normal years. It was more like, just just kind of hang on. Just kind of hang on because it's going to get better. So get through the year and things will get better. So I think you're right. I think this year there's gaps in content. There just are. When kids, it, you know this from being in the classroom, I always tell my students this, the number one predictor of success is your attendance. If you can attend regularly, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. Cause we're there. We'll, we'll help you. We'll fix things. You can keep pace, but when you're absent and you have five subjects to make up for on top of the work that you have that day, it's, it's, it's hugely defeating. And we, really struggle with Mm -hmm. that during the COVID protocol with all the kids being quarantined. When you have kids that are quarantined four times in three semesters, every time they're quarantined, it's a two week stretch. So when they're missing 40 days of school, it's Mm -hmm. really not fair to say they need to know all this stuff. So I think that's part of the challenge. And they really, the kids did the best they could. Teachers, parents, everyone did what they could but they'll come in this year a little behind. And from my standpoint, we will do some first, first of all, we'll do some more group partner things. Last year, it was very ambiguous at the beginning of the year as to how, how much we could let the kids interact with one another and how much we need to try and keep them away from each other for health reasons. And I believe it is a skill to be able to socialize and work together in a group. And I believe successful companies have people who can do that. So I want to right out of the gate, focus on that element to student learning. Some of the skills that we take for granted, because when we were kids, we didn't go through those things, but there a lot of kids are missing that social aspect. and. So that's one of my focuses starting out the year. And then we will definitely do a pre-assessment right at the beginning of the year and try and fill in some gaps on anything that any of the basic learning in social studies, see where they're at, fill in those gaps. And then a lot of the content's new. So it's more about developing critical thinking in social studies than it Mm -hmm. is building on last year, like math would be, or ELA. So in that regard, there's not as much that I need to go back and redo. It's more building that skill set in social studies to be able to communicate clearly, to be able to think critically, to be able to solve problems together or individually. Yeah, I think I think that's huge. The, the idea you mentioned, just the social side of it, uh, you know, kids being around other kids, it's such a huge thing, right? My daughter is uh, almost two, and in our neighborhood, we have uh, across the street from us and next door to us, uh, we have 
uh, a ton of of girls that she can go play with that are older than her. And every time after she gets done playing with them and comes in, it's like she's learned 17 different new things, right? Because she's been around these other kids. Uh, so that social side of it and being around other kids is just such a huge deal that they soak so much in from, from them, right? And as a teacher, I, I don't know if I ever really picked up on that as much as I do now as a parent and seeing it like, you know, she's around her cousins or she's around you know her neighborhood friends. And it's like, man, she comes back in. It's like a whole different kid that she's just soaked all this information up from. So yeah, the, the social part is is definitely huge because kids learn better than they're going to learn from me or better than they're going to learn from you are going to learn better from their their peers, right? Um, because they want to listen to them. Uh, it, what, what they say, their peers say matters much more to them to, than what I'm going to say or what you're going to say. Absolutely. <laughs> so that, uh, that's awesome. I'm happy to hear that you're, you're looking at that social side of, of connecting these kids again. Uh, I think that's a huge, a huge piece. And I, to be honest with you, as you were sitting there talking, my brain sort of forgot, you know, I, I was in the online world for the past two years. And then when I stopped teaching full-time to go part-time teaching, was still online, right? So when COVID hit, my kids were already online. Like it was already what we were doing. I forget that you were also in the classroom last year with with students, masked up and and doing the whole deal uh, with kids in the classroom. I, I don't know why my brain was thinking, oh, Travis was was at home online teaching kids, and all of his students were now online. That that wasn't the case. I, you were you were battling through a really really interesting year last year. For yeah, sure. it was August third or whatever day we were starting on time and we were finishing it in the full school year we were not cutting it short so it was uh it was definitely a challenge there were there were <laughs> times when we had i can remember i mean i had a class where i had 17 kids out you know for two weeks so wow it was different well, man, I'm sure other people have already told you this uh, and people listening are probably thinking the same thing. And honestly, they probably went through the same thing. But I, to those listening in, and to you, man, I just want to applaud you for, for all you did for last year. I mean, that was uh, that was definitely hero's work. And uh, I know those kids and parents are grateful that you were there to uh, sort of guide them and their their students through through that year. Uh, as you go into this this coming year, Hopefully it's a, a smoother year than last year. Is there any any technology you plan on implementing or any sort of new ideas that you you want to try? Um, knowing that some new ideas are awesome and some new ideas crash and burn, but we don't know right until we get out there and try them. Is there any any things you plan on trying this school year? Things I picked up a couple things last year, and I don't know. I I guess I'm I'm giving them a, a shout out here, but. Uh, Gim Kit is a program that I think is great. It's you, you buy it on Teacher Pay Teacher, and it's just it's fantastic. It's these games that you can the kids can play, but you load all the information, so they have to answer the questions. And it's the types of games that the kids really enjoy playing because I've run into some of the stuff they've gotten tired of, and so it's new. They had Among Us as one of the options, and the students wanted to play that. I've never seen them wanting to review so badly for things. And those online platforms like that, Nearpod is another one. They have the Time to Climb, which is great. The 
There's another one called Blook It that does some really good games. And those programs, I love those programs because kids, whether we like it or not, they have technology in their face all the time. And that's what they, that's their best, strongest way to connect. So using that platform and putting my content in there is great. Plus all those programs give you it's an easy assessment. It tells you what, what numbers the kids got wrong. It tells you how many kids got certain things wrong, what were the most frequently missed, what things do, do students already know. And all that happens so fast. And so I'm a huge advocate for it as an assessment tool. I think those we don't have to have every assessment count as a grade. If learning's taking place, and you can see that they're they're either getting it or they're not getting it or they still don't understand that North Korea's you know government is different than South Korea's then those are things that I can address right away because I'm getting that feedback when you have 125 students and you're grading their ticket out the door by hand they're going to get feedback, but it's probably not going to be till the next day or later, just for the fact that I can't, I am not as fast as a computer. So those things I think are great. I love those assessment tools and games like that. And I, I have started to look at Flipgrid as another tool and Flipgrid. I've heard a lot of good things from some people and I haven't used it yet. So that's something I'm going to try and focus on using this year a little bit more. The students seem to like it and it does get a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback from the school, um, the teachers that use it because it's it's now one of our options on our list of um, different platforms that we can use or, or the county provides for us. So that's another tool that I'm thinking I want to use, try to use a little bit more. Yeah, that, especially if you have kids you have kids that are, uh, for whatever reason, out of your classroom, hopefully there's no more uh, needs for quarantine, but Flipgrid would be a good way for them to still stay connected uh, and be able to create those video responses. Uh, so I think that would be a, an excellent idea for any teachers that that uh, are going into this next school year. Uh, anytime we can incorporate video with our students, I think is, is huge, especially when the students are the ones creating the video and not just simply consuming, but they can create those video responses to whatever prompts you have uh, and they actually just came out with a bunch of new, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna call them add-ons, but that's probably not the right word, but a bunch of new content from Flipgrid to, to even make uh, what they had better. Uh, and then I'm gonna shock you, Travis, I actually am familiar with GimKit. Uh, I know that sounds <laughs> shocking. I discovered it, I guess, my last full-time year uh, at Forsyth Virtual Academy. I, I stumbled across it and same thing for a review. It was actually made by a kid, GimKit was. Uh, and I thought, one, that's awesome, right? Because it's it was a, a student that created it, basically. Not one of my students, just a student in general. And uh, also the idea that you had these like power-ups and things you could you could use while you were playing, right? So like, you know, I'm competitive. I know you're competitive. Our students are competitive. We can pretend like our students don't care about winning or losing. They care, right? The kids care. And the kids know who won. If you, if you think, oh, I'm not going to keep score because, you know, everything is happy and lovely and nobody needs a score. The kids are keeping score. 
but GimKit allows them to uh, to use these little boosts and power ups to affect the other players, right? Like, um, it, it's it, I I go through and explain them all, but I'd lose everybody. But check out GimKit for sure. I think that's a really good good one to drop in there, Travis, because uh, the kids, like I said, the kids like it. It's it has an element of a video game to it, and I think it's because it was made by a kid, uh, and that's how kids like to play, right? So uh, definitely something that uh, that people should check out. All right, last uh, last thing we'll wrap up with. I guess we'll have two more things we'll, we'll touch base on. But one of the things I love to uh, to ask everybody that comes on the show, and and a little background for why I like to ask it is, you know, we we talk a lot about student voice and how it's important for students to have a voice, and I believe that one hundred percent wholeheartedly. We need the kids to share their voice and ideas, but I think we also miss that our teachers need to share their voice, uh, and that's part a huge reason why I had this podcast is for teachers to be able to share their voice and their ideas to more of an audience than just the captive one they have in their classroom every day, but to be able to share, you know, with whoever's listening, which could be anywhere uh, around the world, which is, which is an awesome thing to think about that you could, you could impact a teacher anywhere. Uh, And that's, that to me is, is a huge deal. So the last question is, is focused on that, Travis, have you been able to have a chance to share something you're proud of, could be in your professional life or your personal life that you're uh, you're fired up about and would love to share with other people. Well, I think that the biggest thing for me in thinking about this question is just I'm really proud of the effort, and you touched on this earlier, of teachers just last year, just going through everything they went through, dealing with everything we de- dealt with. There was no, and and I don't know, I know across the nation, it's different. In my school district, students were not required to wear a mask from day one. Teachers were, students were not. We had classrooms with 35 kids, 35 students. There's no, you can't social distance that. And teachers just endured Mm -hmm. because we knew it was necessary. So I'm, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the fact that uh, so many teachers went out, got, whether it was forced protocol, whether they actually had COVID or they lost family members. And there was a huge, at my school, a huge support system where teachers just filled gaps, where we would get just a daily, in November, December, we would get just a daily email every morning you'd have an email with seven or eight teachers that are out that they couldn't, didn't have time to get a sub. And somehow, some way we would fill all those spaces and teachers would step up and say, during my planning, I can do this during my plan. I can do that. And I don't think people understand outside of education. And I know you understand it. We have a lot to do in a school day. Our planning period is Mm -hmm. essential not only for our mental just taking a break being able to breathe but also to get caught up on grading to do the trainings that the district has pushed on us or thinks that we need to work on these certain elements or if i just want to toy around with flipgrid and learn how to do it better that's the time to do that Mm -hmm. and there's this expectation that we We'll do it after school. We'll do it before school. Teachers grade while they're watching their kids' soccer game 
And that it's hard, it's hard, but we do because we, and I've seen this huge this past year, we are community. We build each other up. We step in for people. We help people. And that's been a huge, I think, really um, big sort of eye-opening experience for me that I, I was really proud of just our, our entire staff. And that's, to my knowledge, what's happening all across the nation, because there's just simply no other way to keep these schools running unless teachers are taking on more responsibilities. And then I would also, I, I would also say that I always say this because I think we're in a culture where people see the bad and that's what gets the headlines. And so people all the time say, oh, bless your heart. Seventh grade, Ugh, those kids, I know my neighbor's kid, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're always saying on and on and on. And, you know, you hear these stories about these parents who are just unbelievably difficult. But the reality is I teach anywhere from 150 to 125 students. I can probably each year count on one, maximum two hands, the number of very challenging individuals from start to finish. The majority, and you know this as well, the majority of kids, the other 120 kids, they're good kids. They might act up, they might talk back once in a while, but there's no malice, they're just kids. And I think there's mm -hmm. a misconception that our society is going downhill because all these kids are terrible and disrespectful. That's not the case. Are there some? Absolutely. But there always have been. And unfortunately, there always will be. We just see it more now, I think, because it's easier mm -hmm. to get that into the media and get that out to society than it ever has been before. And so I, I want to you know, just kind of encourage any parents who are listening, you know, obviously you have young children. Most parents are doing a good job or grandparents or aunts or uncles. And the majority, the vast majority of kids are good kids. And that's why we enjoy doing what we're doing. As hard a job as it is, it's still fun and exciting. Yeah, that is, I think, I think that is extremely well said. Not only the, I love your, your use of community, right? The teachers are a community. Uh, and the challenge was in front of teachers last year to, to have a lot on their plate. And uh, I'm sure there was grumblings, right? Not every, there's, there's going to be, oh man, I've got to, I've got to do this. But then after you grumble for a minute, you realize, you know what? I'm, I'm here not because of me. I'm here for these kids. And if I need to, to do whatever I need to do to help these kids, that's what we're going to do. And, and like I said, that happened all across the nation. And that's something that, uh, that, that hopefully doesn't get overlooked from the pandemic uh, that we, we take, and reflect back on uh, afterwards of the amazing job of our our teachers in schools during during this time for sure. But uh, I think a lot of parents got a, a, an eye open, a, an eye awakening, eye opening experience when their kids came home for a long period of time, and they were they were teaching their their, their students. I know, you know, I have just I have two little ones that are uh, basically one and two, and and you know, when it comes to nap time, I like collapse. Like, Oh my gosh, it's so much. 
right? And then I have to think back, like, holy cow! Remember when I had 150 of these kids that that all wanted my attention? I'm I'm done when I just have two kids that want my attention. So, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing what teachers accomplished this last year. So, uh, Travis, thank you so much, man, for for taking the time to to join me and, and share sort of uh, your thoughts and ideas going into this next school year. If there's anybody listening that says, "Oh, man," Travis is awesome. I'd love to talk to him about how he's using GimKit or Flipgrid or, uh, you know, what he's doing uh, as we go into the school year. Is there a way that that another teacher could reach out and, and contact yeah, you? And I, I'll apologize. I don't know if I should or not, but I don't have social media like active. I, I have it, but I don't use it. So <laughs> my girlfriend will, she has stopped sending me things on there and she just says here i and text it to me she says i'll never you'll never look at it online um on facebook or anything <laughs> so the easiest way is just my email my personal email because i think the school might block uh, some of the other ones so if if anyone wanted to get in contact with me my personal email it's tj more with two o's two zero two three at yahoo.com. Perfect. And I'll, I'll put that down in the bottom of the show notes as well for folks that, uh, that may want to reach out and touch base with you. Um, but man, really, really appreciated uh, you taking the time and enjoyed catching up with you. Uh, you're awesome, Travis, and, uh, and looking forward to, to seeing what you're going to do uh, this upcoming school year. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on and good luck with the two young ones. Huge thank you again to Travis Moore for joining the show this week. And I want to piggyback on what he said, the idea of, of community and uh, that, that teachers are a community and, and all that that community accomplished this uh, past year and a half as we, we went through the pandemic really is just a goosebump moment to, to think about and reflect on what took place, what teachers did, the, the way that they stepped up to the plate and, uh, and helped students any way that they possibly could uh, with, with joy, with with nothing but joy and love for for the kids that they get to work with every day really is just a goosebump moment so huge shout out again to all of our teachers that have been been pushing and fighting through the pandemic and as we get another spike here as i'm recording i hope that uh, that all the teachers listening are doing well i also want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode s'more.com if you haven't heard already i'm a huge fan of s'more be sure to uh, to check them out if you haven't already as you look to create newsletters to send home to your stakeholders to keep them informed of what's going on in your classroom. Check out the sale they have going on uh, and uh, you're hearing about early here on the Teaching Coach GA podcast. And after you sign up with them, let them know that you heard about it on the Teach and Coach GA podcast and they're going to load you up with, with some free swag. So be sure to check that out. Thank you again to Swore for sponsoring this episode. Thank you all for listening. And if you're a teacher listening and think, hey, you know what, I I like this podcast, be sure to tell a friend and also reach out and let me know because I would love to have you on the podcast to share about all the amazing things that you are doing as an educator. Thank you again. Have a great day.